Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 51. Today is January 23rd, 2009. If you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. Or you can email us at ckage or s-o-h-a-r-a at toolmonger.com. Today, I think uh, we've actually got a pretty entertaining podcast. Oh, man. There's all kinds of stuff Yeah, going there's all on. kinds of stuff. So, well, I guess the first one we got to deal with. Actually, actually, you know what? Before that, before that, I got to tell everybody, you know, we haven't been getting many calls, and I think it's because, you know, the podcast hasn't been around for a million years or anything. Yeah. But, you know, I, I actually had something that I thought might be kind of fun. Uh, some of the guys at Stanley uh, recently handed us uh, a couple I guess you could say, uh, tape measures. These are nice 25-foot tape measures. You're going to go with a couple, huh? Yeah, there are a few here. So <laughs> bottom line is um, we're going to give one away to somebody who calls next week. So yep. uh, if you call the number, you know, just leave us your you know, phone number or something separately. We'll cut it out. We won't play your phone number on the air. I mean, unless you want everybody calling you or something, in which case we could totally do that. But um <laughs> Anyway, you look at it. What we're what, what we'll do is we'll actually send you a tape measure. Uh, somebody, one of the people who calls next week. If nobody calls, screw them. They don't get a tape measure. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, on to the top, the top five. five. Let's see here. Um, well, number five, we start off with uh, shovel snow with the wobble. The wobble. The wobble. And it sounds like you're, you know, talking Elmer all kind Fudd. of... It, or like Schmoopy from, you know, <laughs> Seinfeld or something, you know. Oh, my. Uh, it's bad. Uh, but basically, this is um, uh, this is a, an older type of show snuggling. Show snuggling? Yeah, snuggling. <laughs> I can't even... It's like getting all screwed up now. Snow shoveling. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shoveling device. And it's, it looks this like one of, one of these... those like wheels with the shovel attached to it, right? Yeah, it's exactly yeah. like that. Did we cover one of those? We cover those every year. You know, and it's... Well, this one's a little different, but not a whole lot. It's it's yeah. one of those wheels with the shovel on it and everything. But the, the wheel isn't like an old-fashioned wagon wheel. It's made out of, you know, some different stuff. And, it's a special wheel. Um, it's a special wheel, you know. <laughs> But uh, you you always see these. I mean, anytime you see uh, the winter going on and a bunch of snow, everybody pops out something like a this. A wobble. <laughs> a wobble. <laughs> you um, know, I make fun of it, but it actually looked pretty decent. Because, I mean, when you're shut Now, I know I know squat about shoveling snow because I, I don't think I've shoveled snow. You've lived in Texas your whole life, haven't you? My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> you just wait a day. No, I mean, <laughs> seriously, one time, one time when I was about 12 or 11 or something like that 13 there was a foot and a half of snow you know up in wichita falls an area i grew up so that's that's a lot of snow here i mean that's enough to be real snow even in places where it snows a lot and uh but we just didn't go anywhere i mean (laughs) waited out a day or two yeah man we just stayed inside (laughs) i do remember my dad got in his uh camaro he had an 82 camaro and uh, he decided that what he was going to do was just haul ass down the driveway. Oh, no. And, and How of course, far did he get? <laughs> well, it was a long driveway. And he got 
all the way, you know, you've seen it. He got all the way out the gate and down all the ways before. Fulcrumed it out. Oh, yeah. Before <laughs> it, it turned that snow into concrete uh-huh. and lifted the wheels up. And that was the end of that. And then uh, he I did help him chip the snow out from underneath it. <laughs> so we uh, could put it back in the garage. I don't think that really counts as shoveling snow. No. No. But anyway, I, it seems to me that you bend over with a standard snow shovel and you shovel, you have to use some of your back to keep the, you know, to position the shovel so that it's parallel to the ground, right? Well, it depends on what you're doing with the snow. If you're just trying to push it, you don't really have to use a lot of your back. You use more of your shoulders. Sure. But if I mean, like you're if trying you're, to lift yeah. it, right. uh, that first of all, if, for people, for the uninitiated, snow is heavy. I don't, I don't care what anybody tells you. I know it's like light, fluffy flakes, but there's a million of them there, and it's heavy, all right? Especially if it's been, I don't know, compacted by a freaking truck that comes through and shovels it all into your... Anyway, I, I digress. We won't go down that road, but... So you have uh, some experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And But snow is heavy, so when you when you take that full shovel and shove it, you know, some, shove the fling snow... It. Yeah, fling the snow off uh, to where it needs to be... Um, that's work. The, the first, second, third, maybe even the tenth time, it's fine. Um, after about five, ten minutes, you're, you're feeling the burn. I know? see. And uh, if you've got, I don't know, a sidewalk and a driveway to shovel, and there's a foot and a half, two feet, something like that, of snow on the ground, you are in for a long evening, and it so is bad. So let me get this straight. You wheel this thing along and uh, pick up the snow, and then how do you fling it? Um, just pop the handle. Oh, and it just wings off to the side yeah this isn't too you know stupid as it may look or seem hell i mean if it saves your back anything will work if it saves your back man i don't care (laughs) what it it. is yeah no it doesn't matter so yeah you always see kind of something like this pop out when it's and you never know i mean because it shows up in the top five that could mean that it's either really cool or really stupid yeah (laughs) you know people are like it's a wobble (laughs) i'm voting for that (laughs) well he said wobble yeah uh, so it, it's kind of interesting no matter what you uh, do with it. Um, and it's also doesn't require anything but people power, which is always a good thing. Incidentally, all these are on toolmonger.com if you want to check them out. Right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number four uh, was, oh, this is uh, one of mine. Antiques Roadshow can make you drool. I don't know if you've ever seen antique oh, roadshow yeah. when they when they focus on tools sometimes. Uh-huh. But, or or they'll, they'll just, there will be a section yeah. where... I don't know why, but they'll have two or three in a row. Yeah. And uh, there's like a couple different types of people that go to the Antiques Roadshow. And, and it's it's kind of funny because we, we heckle it like the, the Barrett-Jackson. Oh, you yeah. Know? I oh, mean, yeah. there's the person well, who... Well, not quite as much as the Barrett-Jackson. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's the person who... You have to heckle. <laughs> there's, there's those people that show up because they want to be on TV. You know, <laughs> always that's, that's cool. An interesting. Cra- think yeah. it's, it's like American Idol, but with old people. Yeah. So there's the people that want to be on TV. There's people that, uh, you know, let's say they've they had want this, the cash. There's they well, are convinced yeah. that they have like they have found something that is going to be retirement in a bottle. Yeah. Where'd you get this? Oh, I got it from my uncle eBay. You know, I mean, my favorite of all time is this guy that brought this copper lamp. And uh, he was like, oh, I found it, this garage sale, and it looks so valuable. And, you know, I, I, I bought it. And I'm, he's just, he, you could tell the man was certain it was going to be worth like, you know, a bunch of cash. 300 grand. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, well, you know, this is actually from this period and blah, blah. I can't remember. You know, it's like in one year out the other. He's like, right. it's from this period. And it's actually, it, 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 it should be a very valuable piece and blah, except you polished it. 
<laughs> oh no! And uh, <laughs> he got rid of the finish, didn't he? <laughs> he's like, uh, oh, no. so I would venture to say, I mean, it's kind of pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Five dollars, really nice. I'd say maybe thirty or forty dollars. You know, <laughs> <laughs> except you because it looks it. nice, and you know, somebody might like it. <laughs> he's being all generous. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just that's always has stuck with me watching Antiques well, uh, Roadshow. Yeah, and then there's the other people. It's like, look, it's been in my family for a hundred years. It's going to remain in my family. Yeah, I this just is want not to know. for sale. Yeah, it's Can you not tell for me sale. what it is. Yeah, because they do. And I always thought that the most interesting part was not the value, which yeah. is kind of out of the butt anyway. It's like. The yeah. real stuff was like, this is where this came from, and this is what it is. And right. And they're like, I, I, you know, and they look at it, well, are you putting it up for sale? They're like, nope, never will it leave my family. You know, this is this is our stuff, and I just wanted to know what it is, you know. And those are the cool ones, because you're like, okay, I can see and that. And you can tell the guys are having fun with it, too. Yeah, you know, they're like, well, you know, it'd be interesting to know that blah, 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 you know, and they'll tell you all about it. Well, sometimes they'll have tools like that, too, you know. and, and Oh, it's badass. Oh, it's insane. You know, these tools always end up in the what is it yeah. category which I is mean, cool i mean there people are like i don't know it's got that. yeah i mean it's i don't know it's got kind of a saw handle on it but there's no blade anywhere i don't see what it is you know <laughs> like well actually it's a planer and i was watching it the other day and uh the, the one i did this post over and uh these these guys were i think they were in florida or something and they brought this thing in and i mean it was handcrafted planer i mean the dude just carved everything i mean there was carvings wow. on it and everything it was insane and a uh, couple thousand dollars worth of this stuff. And, and, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I, you know, how's, how's this, you know, he's like, Oh no, no, it's going back in its box and it's going to go back to the house and it's never going to leave our family. You know, nice. that kind of stuff Good is cool. Call. Yeah. Um, you know, and they had some ax heads and all that, but it's always cool to see what people can come up. Cause that's what happens with tools. It's not like cars or, or, you know, like ancient weapons or, or anything like that, where people know, <laughs> you know, this stuff. This is stuff that got literally put away in somebody's garage or attic or tool shed or something like that for the last hundred years and or, or better or less or whatever. And people just said, oh, that's that tool crap, you know, and <laughs> guess what? That's good stuff. Yeah. A lot of times it's it's a lot and of sometimes fun. it's crap. But oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's always funny to see the guys. Oh, how much do you think it's worth? Oh, I think it's worth that. That's great. What, which way to the auction line? Where, where is that? You know, I mean, it, those people are kind of funny, but the 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 really valuable ones uh, are, are are always amusing. So, oh yeah, uh, it, it was kind of fun to see. Good post. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. Um, third one, uh, number three, mag switch cabinet latches. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those, but uh, these are pretty. If you've ever built any furniture or cabinetry or anything like that, a lot of the, a popular way to hold the drawers closed is to have uh, a magnet metal combination. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one is uh, well, the bigger the door. The bigger yeah, the magnet right. you have to have. I mean, and you don't want it these. It can get absurd. Yeah, you don't want these doors like glued shut because of this stupid magnet you got in there. So these are basically uh, pull and turn knob type things where you disengage the, the magnet mechanically. That's cool. And it pops the door loose, which That's is really cool. Super handy. Hell yeah. You know, it's it's actually a pretty good idea. I'm thinking about using some. Hell uh, yeah. So uh, those work out pretty good. And they're a couple bucks. I mean, it's no big deal. So uh, they, they come in all kinds of different sizes and shapes and everything. So uh, some sweet stuff. Uh, let's see here. Um, number two, uh, chisel of destruction. 
<laughs> I remember this. This is the one with the hand shield. Yeah, hand shield. I mean, it looks like the normal like masonry stuff, uh-huh. but it's used for flooring. So yeah, the, right. the head's a little thinner and a little wider, and Boy, you and just that's, smack that thing. And Damn, that's the thing, too, is that chisels are so purpose-oriented, and they don't, to an untrained eye, they look identical. Right. I mean, you go down, and you'll see just bins and bins, of, even at your local big box. Right. You'll see bins of chisels. And you're like, oh, why do they carry all these chisels? Isn't one? No, it's not. They're yeah. all, you know, one is a little thinner, one's a little thicker, one is a little longer, one's a little yeah. wider. The you know? angles are different. I mean, everything, and it's it's a very different tool. You change any of that, change anything on them, yeah. and it's a very different oh, yeah. tool. So this is a little bit different. I mean, it's big and heavy, and but it's got a long, narrow, flat blade mm-hmm. that'll get under stuff and and rip some flooring up. So it's pretty cool. Stanley put it out. And hey, you um, know what? That hand shield, good idea. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's some good stuff. I don't know if you ever hit your wrist with a three pound sledge, but it's not fun. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know these 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 little chisels that you're using for like you know fine work. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. But these ones that you're whacking with a big old you know a big old sledge. Uh huh. That hand shield is important. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, I the, <laughs> I I smash myself with a masonry. Oh, good. Yeah. That yeah, was nice. It was many years ago. I was a kid, but it, it, I wasn't using it for what you were supposed to use it for. But no. <laughs> but yeah, it was bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so don't do that. Yeah, good thing. Those shields are important. Uh, let's see here. That uh, brings us to number one. Number one. Yes. Uh Stubby in spades. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. These are the uh, the little spade bits that are built for uh, right angle drills, so you can get in between studs and all that kind of thing, yep. and and uh, you know run Romex and and that kind of thing. So it's uh, kind of a purpose built thing. I mean, you wouldn't. Everybody might not need these, yeah, but that's that's. I love purpose-built tools because yeah. when you need them, you need them. Yeah, there's a reason for them to exist, and the reason is valid. So, uh, if you're if you're into that, these are these are what's made for that. So it's good. like so many things. You know, when you look at something that's made to be used in tight spaces, you'll many times you'll laugh until you realize what situation that they make sense for. You yeah, know? and you're like, man, I could really use something about two inches shorter than this. Crap. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? You know, And studs are a big deal when it comes to that. And that's what right-angle drills are really for. I right. Mean, 90% of the time, that's that's what you're doing with them. Absolutely. You know? And it's it can be... You got at best, what, 16 minus half a two-by-four, right? <laughs> yep. You know, in there, which is, which is not enough. You know, I mean, yeah. you're not sticking a big-ass drill in there. Yeah, you're not fitting that big, full-size plug-in Milwaukee no. through. It's not happening. <laughs> it ain't happening. So you need to get the right angle action going on. Otherwise, you're done. Not to mention in the attic, if you've ever messed around. Yeah. Yeah. You no know, doubt. You get down in the corners and crap like that. And you can come in at angles, but uh, try blowing yeah. uh, cable through there and you might. Uh, yeah, change your mind. You might have a different story <laughs> on there. by phone is our good friend Mike Haney. Welcome, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Mike is recently engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, Mike has come up with what I think is probably the most badass method ever of coming up with a win- with a, an engagement ring. you got to tell us about this. 
Yeah, I, uh, when I decided that, that this was uh, inevitable, that this was going to happen, <laughs> um, I uh, I had heard about one of my my girlfriend's friends had a, a her her future husband was a product designer, and she had mentioned at one point that he had. Uh, somehow or another built or designed her ring and she mentioned it very off the cuff a couple of years ago that I did sort of stuck with me and when it came time to, to do this I just went out and googled um, you know DIY wedding ring make your own wedding ring I figured I'd probably have to you know go to some workshop in California and hide <laughs> it as a work trip or something um, and I was thrilled that one of the first things that popped up was this uh, website called New York wedding ring and when I clicked through it's a, a guy here in the city uh, here in New York who runs this business out of his loft in the financial district. And uh, uh, he's a 33-year-old guy who's just been making jewelry since high school and a few years ago opened up a, a business teaching people how to, to make rings and sort of making them alongside uh, you know, alongside them. So um, as I clicked around his site, he had all kinds of options for metals and, and great explanations of why you might want platinum instead of palladium or, or white gold or um, you know whatever and, and the different stones and and uh, and had and as I googled him further, he had just you know nothing but glowing reviews. People said, "Oh, it was a lot of fun. He was really easy to work with." And so I contacted him and, and uh, said, "I don't have any idea what I want. Uh, I know I don't want to spend a lot of money, and uh, you know, but I like I don't know what metal I want. I don't really know what design I want because I wanted this to be a surprise. So I really wasn't pushing much for details, right? Uh, you know, from from my girlfriend and." Uh, and he was great. We just sort of talked through things, and I, I eventually went out and found some uh, designs on the Internet that uh, I was Googling sort of Art Deco designs because a friend of hers had gotten a, an antique ring and a state ring, and she thought that was cool. Um, so uh, when I found a design that I liked, I brought it back to Sam and said, here's kind of what I'm thinking. Is this doable? The ring I found was actually cast. Um, and he said, yeah, we can do something like that. That's, that's cast. So we just have to figure out how we can actually assemble this out of parts and solder it together. Um, but, you know, we, we figured there was a way to do it, and then he actually, we decided platinum was probably the, the metal to go with because of the, the detail work I wanted to do. Um, there's a lot of soldering involved, and the soldering at the scale is really fascinating. It's I had no idea that this I was done, but it's, it's you know, all you do is use little tiny, tiny, tiny flakes of an alloy, in this case a platinum alloy, that melts at a slightly lower temperature than the, the actual platinum of the ring, and then set that little flake on the joint you want to solder and heat it up with a, a, an oxypropane torch, a little small, you know, looks like a creme brulee torch, um, until that, just until the moment that solder melts, but not much longer. Um, and platinum is actually a lot of fun to, to do with this because it gets glowing super red hot and uh, wow. and stays, you know, sort of glowing for a while. But but it's a really poor heat conductor, so you can actually hold. In many cases, I was holding a, you know, the wire. Um, which is what the the ring started as a couple lengths of, of wire in different cages, so I could be holding the wire and four inches away heating it red hot to anneal the the wire or to to solder something because the the heat just doesn't travel down the the platinum like that um, so the advantage platinum had in this case because of all the soldering is that the the different alloys end up looking about the same color as the finished ring, and so you don't see the joints as much oh, apparently nice. and in some other materials that's not the case. And, so the joints become relatively visible. So if there weren't many joints, that might be better. But in this case, uh, we decided to go with the platinum, and then we decided to go with the sapphire because I picked up a hint that uh, that's what my girlfriend wanted. Um, and so he, 
Spam is great about having both uh, lab-grown and um, mined sapphires. Oh, cool. He had samples of each and sort of talked me through the difference. The the one I I know there were other differences, but the one I remember is that uh, lab-grown is about a sixth the price. Yeah, <laughs> that's the real trick to the benefit program right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about any garbage going on, you know, with, with how they were obtained. Right. Um, and that was it. I know that in terms of, you know, part of the reason Lisa didn't want a diamond was she'd read a book called Blood Diamonds a while ago, or a book about Blood Diamonds anyway, and it was kind of like, yeah, in addition to it just sort of looking like everybody else's ring, she's like, I just don't want to to deal with that. And, you know, there are ways around it. And he actually uh, can get the, the lab-grown diamonds as well, but they're actually, the lab-grown diamonds are, look great, but they're not any cheaper than the regular ones. <laughs> um, and for me, I was like, you know, I think it's cool that we can make diamonds or sapphires, that we can grow them. Like, that that's awesome. Oh, I would yeah. rather have that than, like, any idiot can pull one out of the ground, but, like, this thing was made from scratch. That's cool. <laughs> Sean had uh, the same experience actually with his wife. It wasn't with the uh, with the uh, wedding ring, but with other rings that he's bought, where she's a fan of the uh, grown. Yeah, actually, she's a big fan of the grown diamonds. And uh, for here, I, I don't know what the deal is, but for here, they're about six times cheaper than the the regular natural stuff. And oh, really? Yeah, I, I got her. You know, a, a one and a half carat diamond ring for not a whole lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like really great. not a whole lot. Yeah, like really not a whole lot. Like the gold was more than the diamond. You know? <laughs> well, that was the the case with this as well. The platinum was three times as much as the as the stone was. I mean, yeah. sapphire is not nearly as expensive, but you know, platinum ain't cheap these days. No. Um, <laughs> no. But it was another benefit to doing. I mean, it probably comes out as a, about at a wash. But you know, the nice thing about doing it about this project was that you know Sam gets the materials, but. He, you know, there's no markup on them. You're just paying the sort of raw costs, um, and then you, you know, I'm, you're paying him for the instruction and the time and the use of the tools and that kind of stuff. But I think ultimately, it probably still comes out a little bit cheaper, or at least, um, you know, roughly the same and unique. Nobody else will have a ring flawed in quite these ways. <laughs> <laughs> and the personality. I mean, just the fact that it has a lot of you in it has to has to be a, a nice benefit. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, she appreciates that I like to do this kind of stuff. So even if it's not quite perfect, at least it's you know, like it's kind of unique and it's it's a you know, design that I thought was cool and she thinks is cool. And so, well, yeah. Now she gets bragging rights too. She's like, "Oh, where'd your 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 guy get yours? Yeah, whatever. Mine made mine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, just after we I proposed on vacation in Mexico uh, last week, and then just after we got back, we had to go to her hometown and for another event and. and but it turned into essentially an engagement party, and that was kind of the reaction, particularly among older people. We're all like, oh, my God, he made it. That's so amazing. <laughs> and it's, you know, the cool thing about it is that, like, really anybody can do it. I mean, it would be really hard to do on your own, but this is a really, you know, just a great, and I'm sure there are other people around the country that, that probably do this, but it's just a great sort of business where you can go and really start knowing, you know, knowing nothing about metal or, or how to put these things together and you just sort of walk through the process and there's nothing particularly uh, you know difficult to grasp there's no real skills that are difficult to do it's kind of like all the other stuff that you know we all, all build is like anybody can kind of put it together it's doing it quickly and beautifully that that takes time and practice you know he would see flaws in the ring that I wouldn't see it's, oh there's a scratch there and if you use this file you know and go at it from this direction it'll come right out you know, I could go at that scratch, you know, not knowing what I'm doing and take a long time to try to get it out or, 
you know, just the best way to attach this piece to that piece. It was like, oh, if you actually put it here instead of there, um, you know, that's where the sort of the experience comes in. But it's 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 it's, access, it's surprisingly accessible. You know, I feel like jewelry is one of those things you'd look at and think, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. You must have to have years of training, and you actually don't. You just have to have a little patience and the right, you know, tiny tiny set of files. And yeah. what a great what a great thing to take up if you don't have a ton of space. Yeah, he does it. Like I said, he does it out of a studio apartment. You know, there's a couple of workbenches. There's there's a handful of small tools, but it was almost all entirely manual. There was very little, uh, you know, motorized uh, work involved. There was a, a buffer we used towards the end, and he's got a couple of little Dremel tools that we used really just for buffing, kind of at the end. Um, but a lot of it was just files and so and a little tiny hacksaw and which I managed to cut myself with because <laughs> no matter what size the saw is, I can cut myself with <laughs> And, uh, you know, and like a, it was a mechanical device that actually bent the thing into the, the round, you know, bent the wire into the round shape and another sort of mechanical press that flattened the wire a little bit. So, yes, it's not even a ton of really specialized equipment. It's really not something that needs a lot of space. So what uh, did you get? Did you wind up cutting the stone yourself or did you just order that? He just ordered that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would have been fun to do that, but I feel like that would have been a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah. Have you ever uh, tried to, to cut stones before? No. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a. Have you? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Dad. Uh, Dad did lapidary. Uh, oh, for right. a Number of years, and I I'm horribly bad at it. <laughs> it's it's not good. <laughs> I can make sort of a shiny lumpish type thing. That's <laughs> it, it, uh, really not good for Mike's anybody. got the right idea. One thing at a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just seeing how the different sort of cuts and things affected the way it looks and the way it glitters. And he was trying to you know, sort of showing me different qualities of stones. And um, it, it seems like little tiny things can make, you know, a scratch in the platinum doesn't make any difference about how well the ring works. Right, but right. Not, but getting something just slightly off in the cutting of the stone seems like it makes a huge difference in the way the thing looks at the end. Absolutely, it does. And How long did it take you? It was two days. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was probably the second day was really long. I think I figured it was about 21 or 22 hours total. And part was uh, toward the end, I screwed up, um, which added a couple hours onto it when we set the stone um, in the setting. The sort of last step was to, to there's prongs that, that are already on the setting. The setting comes pre-made as well. Um, and so there were prongs that were on that that you bent over the stone and then cut to trim and then file and sort of smooth down. And he cut one for me and said, you know, handed me the jeweler's loop and the cutter and said, now this is about how much you want to leave. And I don't have terribly steady hands. And so I took off way too much. And there was kind of, you know, it's like any time you take off too much, it's, it's hard to add back on. Fortunately, because it's metal, you can, you know. Um, so he ended up having to, to do what they, you know, what they call re-tipping, which you often have to do on a ring after years and years anyway. But, I mean, essentially re-solder on a wire, um, you know, and grow that prong back out and then cut it back to size and file it down. And now you can't even... He did that, which was great, because it was like 10 o'clock at night, and we were all tired, and it was like, all right, let's just fix this goddamn thing so I can get out of here. Um, but it looks great now. Like, you can't even you can't even tell. So that added some time to it. And, and the way he teaches the class is relatively, or the, I mean, I call it a class. It's just you, you know, and him working one-on-one. It's a master class. The, yeah, master class, exactly. Is at a pretty leisurely pace, which I think is good, because the work is so precise, and much of it is kind of tedious. You know, it's a lot of time spent with files and, and polishing cloths and things that 
um, you know, it's good that he just sort of takes it easy and he doesn't rush things. I felt like we probably could have done it in six hours less, but <laughs> it's probably better that we didn't, you know. Well, just remember that retipping thing, because about five years from now, she's, you know, I don't know what mine does with it. I think she cuts trees with it or something, because, man, we've gone through about... Weeks and weeks. is It's not years and years. It's- <laughs> yeah, we finally took it to this jeweler. He was like, God, what did you do to this thing? I'm like, really sorry. She wears it all the time. She won't take it off. He's all right, fine. It comes back. It's got this setting on it that looks like Fort Knox, only it's gold. And uh, he's like, all right, that's about 250 bucks. I'm like, what did you do? He's like, I had to add gold, man. <laughs> Look at all this crap. So just remember that retipping thing for later, you know, when she comes back and it's all like crooked jagged and everything. Ah! Good it'll, to know. It'll be fun. <laughs> so do you feel like this is something you'd ever be interested, obviously, in not not making another wedding ring, but would you be into into jewelry at all? I don't think so. I, you know, I think it's cool to sort of peel back the curtain and see how something like this comes together and it's neat to point to this thing but um, the majority of what this guy's business actually is I mean he said about 70% of what he does is building bands spreading bands with couples um, because they're just much simpler there's not all the oh, detail yeah. work and they're not just not as time consuming um, and so you know I mentioned that to, to Lisa so, you know we can go back to this guy and build our bands but I'm having done it once I'm just not that interested in sort of doing it again I, I don't I don't find the, the work at that scale as sort of satisfying as you know, furniture work, for instance, something a little bit, a little bit bigger. I can understand um, that. <laughs> you got yeah. fans here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you had to pick a ring to do, yeah, you you, you pick the right oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the uh, what's what what else is going on in the workshop? As long as you're on the phone, if you got a sec. Uh, well, the the you know the exciting part for me is that there is a workshop now. I think last time we talked, the workshop was the kitchen in my studio apartment, and, and now I actually have a space. Um, and so the the first project I've been slowly picking my way through there is a, um, is a bookcase to sort of um, replace an Ikea number that's in our our, uh, our living room now. And um, it's just a kind of a long, low, um, you know, eight-compartmented uh, bookcase. Um, which was going to be sort of even more basic, and then actually uh, one of Sean's posts, your, your entertainment center inspired me, uh, that you had drawers in the middle, and I thought, I could add drawers to this thing. That would be <laughs> cool. um, so now it's got some drawers and some doors, and and it'll be, uh, and I'm doing it all out of... Um, Coco Bolo and Platinum, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I would more typically do, but I decided on this one, like, maybe I should build things the way normal people build things, which is, you know, just with some nice maple ply um, <laughs> nice. and put a face frame on it. So this is sort of my uh, my cabinet-making exercise. Nice, um, man. To see how it works. And I want it to be really nice and thick, so it's actually three, um, you know, it's as thick as, 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 I mean, it's, I guess, two and a quarter, so it's as thick as three, you know, widths of, of, uh, of plywood, and then I'm going to just, you know, face frame it, so... Uh, so yeah, we'll see how it turns out. You like stuff nice and heavy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of—I don't know. It seems to be the look we're developing for the uh, depleted the uranium, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean just says that because we built uh, we built a, a big kind of hutch slash entertainment center that's in my bedroom, and uh, it fit perfectly between these two doors in the bedroom. It's like six feet long and two feet, three feet deep, three feet no, oh, oh, no, two feet deep, three feet high. Yeah, yeah, three feet high, so about six and change feet wide. It fits perfectly in there. And uh, it, it was made to hold some large gear on it. And uh, so it ha- actually had two by fours in the middle inside between the ply, you know, and the vertical. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, bottom line is it's heavy. Yeah. And uh, we had to move it into the room. And ever since then, Sean's been really keen on saving weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate that. But, uh, well, I mean, after after making the you know two hundred pound entertainment center, uh, which will never move again. Uh, <laughs> I like permanence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking of you the other day because uh, I, I was at a I, I was at this. Uh, uh, in, in this commercial kitchen, and I saw this great pot hanger system, you know? And I was looking at it thinking, you know, why would you pay, you know, $1,000 for this? It, it's just a piece of aluminum. You know, it's a couple, yeah. in their cases, it's a couple pieces of stainless badly welded together uh, at the corners. And I'm thinking, I wonder where I could get some aluminum or stainless. And right. it occurred to me that uh, you just popped right in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I appreciate you taking some time with us. No problem. And uh, good luck. That is that is thoroughly awesome, sir. I, I encourage anybody who uh, you know finds himself in that unfortunate position of, of having to make an engagement ring or, or needing an engagement <laughs> ring uh, to to look into it because it, it is a lot of fun. It's really not hard. It, you know, you don't have to be uh, talented in any way at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, it's always good to talk to Mike. Yeah, it is. Mike is, uh, and he's real entertaining because he's real low key, but he's real deceptive in that he's thinking all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it's it's kind of fun. I was thinking about the the you know I used to do some lapidary stuff when I was really? younger and everything. Oh yeah, it was. Wait, wait. How uh, much younger were you? Oh, uh, twenty years ago, something like that. What I guess like? I was. Thirteen, yeah, just about. <laughs> so what? What were you doing? Well, Dad was into it, you know, because we had uh, we had just moved and and uh, he hadn't had all the shops set up. But uh, what he was doing is moving around some of his his dad's stuff, and his dad was really into it. In fact, uh, I've got a ring that uh, his dad cut. Uh, I think it was amethyst or something like that. Wow! And uh, that's cool. Yeah, it was real cool, and he he cut the stone and everything, and and uh, I was like, man, I want to do that. He's like, yeah, we got some stuff, you know, we'll we'll deal with it. So we went to, uh, I think it was called the Rock Barrel or something like that, <laughs> uh, which is down by Woodworld, incidentally. That's awesome. Uh, and it's uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, and the Rock Barrel's right there, and uh, they've got all kinds of of natural and, and all kinds of stones you can get and everything. And and uh, if you've ever done lapidary at all. No. They'll they'll tell you, you know, the people in the store are always really nice, you know, because they, they, they got all kinds of things. Okay, well, what are you trying to do? Well, we're trying to cut some stones. Okay, let us tell you what you need to do. Don't buy anything expensive. Yeah. Start off with because you <laughs> no are going to screw this up royally. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, so we got some pretty some, colored rock. Yeah, some pretty colored rocks and some natural glasses and, and that kind of thing. And uh, I went and, and we started okay we need to pick something fairly simple and fairly easy to do but that might actually be interesting to look at so <laughs> uh instead of you know like this 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 so uh the rounded type uh of stones are, are easy to do on the top because you can actually make i mean you can fake it a lot you know it doesn't have to be perfect if it's roundish it's going to look right you know as long as you get the bottom so you know we did some of those and then i tried the faceted stuff and Ooh. for a 13 yeah. year old I didn't have a lot. I mean, you know what kind of patience level I have to. now. It's got to uh, take a ton. And it, it's, you got to be patient with it. And it doesn't happen fast because you're basically shaping rock with other rock. And <laughs> it's, 
it's difficult. <laughs> so you make it and it looks all wampa jagged and lopsided and there's burrs all over it. Good enough. Okay. It and you're like, yeah, it's fine. You know? So uh, it's, I'm probably, I'd probably be a lot better now, you know, but uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to, to actually form them. Cause you can, there's different ways and different, uh, I mean, you don't start off doing a princess cut or something like yeah, that. Right, or anything, sure. You know, it's just stupid, but I actually got some jet and, uh, which polishes up kind of nice, you know, yeah, sure. and you can't see through it, which is also good. <laughs> uh, so if you screw the bottom up, just mount it in a setting that you can't see the bottom. Call it good. Yeah. You know, to get the top to look okay. And uh, yeah, I made, um, I made one out of jet. I made one out of uh, like a clear natural glass. I can't remember what it was. And uh, I made one kind of one shaped uh, uh, opal uh, that was, reasonably okay you know and it's cool uh, they let you give it a shot yeah you know and and i'm like okay cool you know and, and it was it was pretty cool and uh i think somewhere in high school i let a girlfriend bar- borrow it and that was the end of that i have not seen it since <laughs> well you know she didn't pawn it <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> good Deacon luck there. sweetheart yeah <laughs> Oh man! But uh, like, I'm taking this opal ring. You're like, okay, all right. It still costs like twenty bucks <laughs> before you got all of it. Before I got it, probably worth ten now. <laughs> all that added value. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, this has got me kind of interested. I know we've had a number of people. We wrote a couple of posts over the last couple of years, and which is to say, not much, right? We wrote a couple of posts about about making jewelry, and we always got a really positive response from it. You know. A couple of times we had some uh, some people that were into making jewelry give us a call. Right. Um, and uh, I think recently we talked to a, a guy that runs an association of jewelry makers uh, who is a reader of Toolmonger. And, you know, I feel like this is something we should we should do more of. You know, it's just hard because we're not really we don't really know anything about it or very little. Right. So it, it's hard to jump in and we can't, you know. Anyway, if you're listening, if you're uh, if you're into that or you're a Toolmonger reader and you're into into jewelry, we would love to hear from you because we would like to cover more jewelry making, uh, especially on an individual level, you know, less manufacturing, but on an, on an individual right, level. Right, on stuff you could do yourself, yeah. Right, though I have to admit, uh, talking to the guy from the association, some of those, some of the tools they use in manufacturing are badass. Yeah. They fall into that you know, that, that tool porn category where you just, it doesn't matter whether you can afford it or whether you're going to buy it or Look not. On it's and just awe. really cool. You yeah. know, <laughs> but I hope we cover it more. Yeah, I do too. And, uh, you know, I had to go over to my dad's place and like steal his lapidary stuff. And, Hell yeah. You know, he's, he Hell yeah, care. bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> I give it a shot. Why not? Yeah. You know, screw up an old bar too. <laughs> I got an interesting call the other day. I was, uh, uh, he, he calls and he's like, I want to, you're going to want to borrow my truck. Click. You know, I'm like, well, I don't know what the hell that's about. I, I think, you know, I, I know what it is. He wants you to come get all your crap from his house. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, <laughs> his, his attic is rather full of, 
you know things that I didn't take <laughs> with me when I moved out. Gets out. Yeah, so he's he's probably <laughs> a little hot on that. So I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with it later. And uh, so he calls a couple days later, and he's like, so you want the shopsmith or what? Oh, like excuse me. Wow. Well, you know, and and he did it in like classic dad format when dad's <laughs> giving you a tool. You know, he's he's not really giving it to you, but it'll reside at your place forever. Yeah, you know? permanent loan. Yeah, permanent loan type of thing. Yeah, within family, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine, especially since I've been drooling over it for the past 20 years or something. But uh, <laughs> since he got it. the dust is caked so thick. It's because you <laughs> go over there and you slobber every now and then. Yeah, some more true. dust layered. Like I did with his layer. motorcycle, you know, when I was started 16. And, this uh, ended better, though. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he was over there. And for Christmas, I made this um, this toy box. Uh, oh, it was cool. Um, out of. I uh, saw this. Out of pine. And, uh, well, fur, I guess, technically. And I didn't have any joinery material or, you know, joiner or anything like that. So I used a belt sander and uh, cut three-inch strips to make all the sides and everything. And uh, I don't know. I must have cut, like, 40 of them, you know. Good news is uh, the way you did it, and and this is definitely the eye of an artist, you did it in such a way that as long as it sealed up, it still looked good. Yeah. Even if they weren't dead perfectly aligned. Right. It still looks okay. You in know? Fact, no, it looks like it was meant to be that way. I mean, to describe this thing to, to any of you uh, listening, this think of like, you know, if you're playing a video game or something and there was a crate that you would go buy, you know, that yeah. has treasure in it or something. <laughs> it looks like one of those. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's cool, you know. And plus, uh, it's uh, all that. All that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but all trying to get give him an idea of what it is too. All those pieces he cut were vertical. Yeah. So you could, I mean, uh, well, let's put it this way: Sean and I jumped up and down on it. Yeah. No, it is together. Way solid. You know. Yeah. I mean, you're not. You are not yeah. going to hurt this thing ever. So anyway, I'm sorry to and, interrupt. Uh, well, I mean, joinery and, with a bands. I mean, with a with a belt sander. Yeah. Which. I, I, if if you ever see me use a belt sander, I use it like a sculpting tool. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not just a piece of machinery, man. Says a man who learned to use sculpting tools in art school. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I could use it like a sculpting tool, and you've seen what I've done with your clay sculpting tools. So, so I mean, it's like, yeah, I can make this work. So I, I took them all and joined them all together and glued them all up and everything, and it, and it looks great. Well, Dad saw it when uh when i brought it over to uh give to my my godson and uh he's like oh for crying out what did you do that with i'm like belt sander he's like no you didn't like, yeah he's like no those are straight what did you do it with you know i'm like belt sander <laughs> well i've seen him do it so well uh, well, damn. So <laughs> he sat on that for a couple of weeks and uh, he saw some of the other stuff I was rolling around with in my shop and, and it, he felt bad. You know, he's like, you know, it's it was like the shopsmith was in the corner yelling at me. He's like, I could have done that. You know, and <laughs> it's, uh, true. it's true. And it was just piling up dirt. So he, he like ate it and he's like, all right, I tell you what, I'm going to give you the, the you know, you can have this. I want some benches for the stuff I'm doing now, you know, so I'm going to build him some like two, two by four, you know, bench top. Oh, yeah. Nice things, you know, with some some ply over them so we can have some bench top workspace and it'll go in the space that that shopsmith was in. Nice. And uh, but the cool thing is, and for those who aren't familiar, that should with, hold some really nice dog stuff. <laughs> if he listens to this, that's going to be such a phone call. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you could like dog food, dog, dog food, treats dog crate, you know, dog crate. Yeah, oh, yeah, it'd be great. Crates yeah, it'd be sweet. You know, that's space he's <laughs> getting. Kidding. But, uh, you know, he if, if for those who don't know what a shopsmith is, it is a 
I guess a multi the original big multi tool for in the shop. It's got yeah. uh, it's a variables one horsepower I think uh, uh, motor, but it's variable speed up to like twenty four speeds, and uh, it's a world class sander. It's a great lathe. Um, it's got a bandsaw attachment. It's got a table saw attachment. It's got this cool joiner attachment. I mean, it's got neat stuff. Neat stuff with it, you know. And and he's got all the gear for it. And Perfect like when that. you don't have a lot of space, which right. is your case. Um, exactly. It's got a stand up drill press, which you know I'm thinking about swapping on my my bench top drill press because this thing's like way overkill for you know drill presses. But um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I, I was, I was pretty excited. I've only been drooling over for like the last 20 years. Ever. Like I said, yeah, since he got it, <laughs> you know, so the last ever. Yeah. And I've really wanted a lathe pretty bad. And this one is, is really good at that. Bye so I buy square legs on Sean stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're going to see some turned out stuff in my place, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it'll all be like, we're going to be doing the lathe and, class soon. Oh yeah. It'll be all lamps and table legs here pretty soon. You That's know? awesome. Uh, Victorian awesome. tea tables and crap. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a lamp my dad made for me out of a Valpolicella bottle. Nice. You know, like a, a what do you call it? A a magnum. Uh huh. You know, it was pretty big, about two feet tall. <laughs> and uh, he just took a big ass piece of cork. It wasn't a wine cork. Uh huh. It was about I don't know three inches long, so it crammed way down in there, and uh, ran the ran the cable and. It was pretty funny. I had it in my <laughs> apartment for years. Before when I when I bought a house, I finally got rid of it. Yeah, it's kind of funny cuz dad would always make these lamps and I I was always curious why, you know, he would make lamps, always lamps. And uh, it didn't dawn on me till I started doing yeah, it myself. Only one lamp. Only one. <laughs> yeah. Only one. Because yeah, he did whatever you damn well please. Yeah, it's a lamp. You don't have to match nothing. You know? yeah, if it works, it's a table leg. Exactly. If it doesn't, it's a lamp. It's a lamp, you know. So, you know, he'd always have lamps like coming out the ears, you know. And it, I would, it always confused me until I understood later on. My dad had a, a lamp, too. And I this was in my apartment as well for years. And I've got it around here somewhere. Uh, it's another two-foot tall lamp. And it, it's made out of brass. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, it looks like what the lamps you see people make on their home wood, wood lays. Right. You know, it has all the same kind of little turns mm-hmm. in them and everything. And it's actually like pieces of a bed screwed together, <laughs> threaded and screwed together. <laughs> nice. And it ends up, I don't know why he was just, my dad was always doing crap like that. He'd just find these big things of brass. He's like, yeah, I figured I'd use it as a lamp. And, you know, if I ever got tired of it as a lamp, well, there's a lot of brass in it. You know? <laughs> You're like, it's a way machinist thinks, you know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of brass in it. We'll keep it around anyway. At least I can put it in the house now. It's enough to go in the pile. You know? <laughs> that's, that's totally the way that kind of thing happens too. <laughs> and I've got it around here somewhere now. I don't know. Yeah, so it was it was pretty exciting. I, I got to clean it up and recalibrate it and everything like that. But uh, it is it is a colossal amount of gear and a lot of of functionality in a very small space. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked about well, it. Congratulations, man! That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, was, on a couple levels. Number one, it'll well. Number one, and most importantly, this is one of the serious father son tool moments. Exactly. Um, so that's that's the number one thing here is that he's had this for many many years. Uh, many years of good service out of it, many years left to come. He's passing the torch to you with it. Yeah. Um, number two, it is a very capable piece of equipment that is going to dramatically increase your ability to produce uh, different types of woodwork. Hell yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Big and, time. And uh, number three, it's badass. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> yeah. and uh, thankfully, it's the Mark V, which is the latest Pretty model. Late. They, is it the yeah, latest? It is the latest model they have, uh, as far as I know. So, so there must be everything in the world for that thing because they haven't made a new one then in like I don't know what. Oh man, like a long 20, time, twenty yeah. years, something like that. I mean, yeah. it's just. I mean, they started. I mean, they they go by odd numbers. So there's a Mark One, a Mark Three, and a Mark Five. I see. You know, and uh, you know, it's there's tons of stuff, and you can update any one of them so i mean if you wanted okay. like the the cool aluminum rails for it and everything you can you get can, that you can get them for the mark for any of the the ones but i have i have the mark five which is pretty much the latest one um there's other stuff that comes in different colors but it, the serial number on this thing is like 103 <laughs> you know he got one of the first ones you know <laughs> wow yeah of the of the mark five series in fact he had to order it they hadn't they hadn't built any of the first run yet and he and he pre-ordered it so wow. yeah, it's it's one of the original Mark Fives. So it's uh, actually I think it's like zero 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 one zero three or something. You know. Well, I'm guessing we're going to hear from some people because there are a lot of Shopsmith fans out there. Yeah, and it seems like every time we mention the Shopsmith, oh yeah, it goes nuts. Yeah, and I'm a big fan. I, I grew up on it. You know, and and it, I'm looking forward to learning how to use all the stuff. I mean, I know how to use some of the stuff, like the sure. sander. It's a world class sander. Well, if you can do but, it, if you can do it uh, freehand with a belt sander, you probably be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that part. So we'll uh, we'll see how it works, and uh, uh, you know, I'll probably be asking some stupid questions on calibration and everything about uh, how to set it up. But um, it's. I mean, it's accurate up to like 64th of an inch if you set wow. it up correctly which at one time like right now it's probably not but it's at one time it well, was neither are you at you this know? point so it'll be yeah, fine exactly that's why i sculpt with a belt sander how, how accurate is that belt sander <laughs> yeah, exactly i don't know what you got on it how fast they're running yeah, exactly <laughs> i got some 40 on there it's oh, uh it's that's not about some, half an inch yeah it's about half an inch <laughs> if, if i got 80 on there you got a shot you know but uh <laughs> No, it's it's pretty good, but uh no, I'm I'm real excited about it and it's it should be a good time. Damn. I think we probably talked their ears off for this week. Well, probably. But uh it was <laughs> worth it. Was it. Good, good stuff, stuff yeah. yeah. Well, uh just a reminder, uh if you do want to give us a call, uh we are giving away some Stanley tape measures. To anybody sucker enough to call. Not the cheap crap like I like either, like nice ones. That's true. Yeah, yeah. they that's otherwise Sean would have it. Yeah. I'm kidding. So uh, the number again, 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. And we'll talk to you next week.